0: Hello, and thank you for joining us today. This is Victoria Schneps, and I'm here with my dear friend, Geraldo Rivera. Hi, everybody. Welcome. This is Straight Talk, health and wellness brought to you by HIPAAvideo.net. You know Geraldo from his Emmy Award-winning television career, but he's also an attorney, an advocate, and a world-renowned journalist. I'm honored to have him co-host this podcast with me. The world has changed. Although telemedicine has been available, the use of it has exploded. We're delighted to be brought to you today by HIPAA Video.
1: Thank you, Vicki. Great to be here with you. I'm thrilled to be uh, helping you uh, co-host this weekly podcast. In each episode we'll bring you straight talk from doctors, nutritionists and newsmakers on issues that are critical to your health and wellness. I want to tell you first uh, how Vicky and I met. I remember almost a half century ago how the two of us and a great gang of moms and activists worked together to help move the world on how people with disabilities live their lives. Today, there are challenges, again, just to stay alive and well. We'll present some powerful opportunities to learn about health and wellness. With this series, we'll present some powerful ideas to change your lives as well.
0: Well, yes, Geraldo, it has been a lifetime ago when we met, and I was marching and advocating for my daughter, Laura at Willowbrook. You put the spotlight on the problem. And we're continuing to make changes today. And now, with this powerful podcast. Our program is brought to you by HIPAAvideo.net, the company that has revolutionized the way to bring you professional services right into your home, through your phone or your computer. I'm delighted to bring to you Talia Sigal Fittler. So I'm delighted that you're in your home and I'm in mine and we are chatting about how we can be better physically through what we eat. So would you share with me some ideas that we can take home with us literally about how to eat healthy and to keep ward off this coronavirus that has sadly attacked many people? The the choices that we make every
2: day, a few times a day, are very critical to our health and immunity. So, um, if we start just by eliminating some of the processed foods, the starches, the sugary beverages, the packaged foods, I think we're already on our way to strengthening our immunity and then shopping on the Periphery first, before we go to to the pharmacy to buy supplements, on the periphery of the supermarket, shop on the edge with all the perishables, the fruits, the vegetables. Well, You
0: mean that actually physically shopping on the edge. Just talk a little bit about that because I know that's a big part of what you believe.
2: Indeed, indeed. And if all of us would just even close our eyes and imagine our own supermarkets, I think many of them design uh, in a way that all the fruits, the vegetables, the the perishables are basically located on on the aisles, on the outside of the aisles, on the periphery or the edge. And then maybe 80% of the rest is the packaged processed foods. 80% of the products are in boxes, jars, containers with lots of stickers and, and health claims on them. But a the tomato or an orange don't have a sticker or a list on ingredient on them. These are real whole foods. Those are the foods that our bodies are meant to process and know how to get all the the, the benefits, the, the nutrients, the vitamins, the minerals out of them.
0: So, well, I know that you also do say that there are some vitamins that you should be using, that if you cannot get all the great nutrients from your food. What would you say in terms of this coronavirus and being a lifestyle disease, What would you suggest that people could do to uh, supplement their diet if they're not secure that their diet is enough to keep them healthy?
2: Maybe using a good multivitamin and mineral. But um, when I say good, not all vitamins are made equal. So it's not like all fruits and vegetables are made equal. So we want, you know, let's say um, a vitamin that doesn't have binders and fillers and comes from a good company.
0: So where, um, where do we know that? I always get so confused when I walk down the vitamin aisles at the, at the drugstore. I feel like I am surrounded by so many choices. Are there some brands that you have found that do not do those fillers that you can just say, well, look, this... Is a product that is known to be pure.
2: Yeah, I'm very, be- I'm very careful these days from uh, specifically name a brand, but I, I, the ones I prefer are the ones that are made from food, real whole food, so they are food based, not chemically made in a lab.
0: So you can actually look at the label. Yes. and Know if that is true? Is that correct? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It will say on the label. It's a food means so
0: that uh, knowing you have that you have. Yeah. To shop for everything that we buy is really p- half the battle of getting the right nutrition for yourself. Um, I, I'd like to know a little bit about. Um, you know, I know you give cooking lessons at the uh, lodge at Woodlock, and I was wondering about what are you planning? How are you coping with this new environment?
2: Well, so we, of course, we had to change a few things. If uh, before we could have a larger audience, now we have to to make sure we have less people in the chef's kitchen. When I do the demonstration, uh, we accommodate less people. But over time, I, I hope we can have more and more people. Um, I'm wearing a mask, gloves. Uh, I make the food beforehand and... To be served to the guests and while I do, while I do the demonstration, it's just a demonstration. So they will not taste directly what I, I just made them, uh, show them how to make. But again, my emphasis and all the other chefs and everybody's emphasis is on foods to support the immune system on fresh, whole foods and colorful, colorful foods. This is also something I want to, to, to mention the color, you know, the, the saying, eat the rainbow all those beautiful colors of the fruits and the vegetables, each color indicates presence of different minerals and vitamins.
0: So my favorite is a cucumber. So let me ask your advice. Should I be peeling the cucumber or can you eat the skin of a cucumber? uh, If it's an
2: organic cucumber, enjoy the skin. No problem.
0: If it's not organic,
2: um, I would soak it in water and some baking soda and oh, the baking soda helps to get some of the waxes and and you know sprays out of the uh, out of the skin. but m- m- many nutrients are on the skin and just underneath the skin. so the cucumber has a lot of uh, fiber and nutrients on the skin, apples as well, many fruits and vegetables. Have their nutritious nutrition on the skin, so when you peel so if, it, I just leave take, it.
0: if I just take soap and water that's not good enough to clean up because when I get the apples home, I always say, well, maybe I should just put them under water or when I get the berries at home, how do I make sure that they're clean and they're able to be uh, you know losing any kind of negative um, ingredients
2: so when I bring them home, first thing I like to do is Fill up a big bowl of water, add a few tablespoons of baking soda, and soak them: cucumbers, apples, things that I'm have hard skin.
0: One of the one of the products that is very hard to get right now is baking soda.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not baking powder; it's baking soda. Yes, baking soda. So if you can't get it, because I've been trying to order it. Is there something else to use that might be as good or almost as good? Um,
2: Look, (laughs) it's just water, good old water. Maybe Castile soap could be fine, but you don't want to have any residue of the soaps on your vegetables. Some companies even make those sprays to clean the vegetables, but... I just like the old-fashioned, you know, the baking soda, the the lemon, the apple apple cider vinegar or just regular vinegar. Yeah, just regular vinegar.
0: It's also a
2: natural cleaner that people used to use back in the day. And now we use such toxic household, you know, cleaners and chemicals. If we just go back to the basics of baking soda, vinegar, lemon, and use them for cleaning, as people have been doing for, you know, hundreds of years before. I think we are just safer. Because if, I love, if you I love clean,
0: your advice on being able to find things in the products, you know, that are things that we probably took for granted and put on the bottom shelf we better bring up to the top shelf. Um, are there any other kinds of, of foods that uh, you know? I noticed you said stay away from dairy products. Tell me about that. Why, why do you feel that that's not as good for you as some other uh, products? Foods to eat. Uh,
2: yeah. So dairy, dairy is uh, among the foods that are more allergenic these days. I mean, there are more and more people who are actually have uh, allergies uh, to dairy. And that's because we have changed the way we raise our cows and cattle. We inject them with hormones, uh, antibiotics, uh, genetically modified organisms in their feeds. Sometimes the feed has uh, those pesticides and herbicides that end up in, in the milk and also in the tissue of the animals that we end up eating. So... Um, Some of the dairy proteins also cause allergies because of that. And a cleaner diet is uh, just without the conventional dairy because of the, I mean, people have been using dairy for thousands of years, but it's not the same products that uh, they, they changed, They added more hormones in the past maybe 30 years only. So we are facing new products these days and our body is reacting to them.
0: So I know my father was of the very great belief that you can eat anything with moderation. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you consider moderation in terms of what the things you're sharing with us could be?
2: Okay, so that's, that's a good point. I, I, I have uh, actually something to say about that. I believe in the eighty-five-fifteen 15 way of eating. Which means 85% of what we eat is the good stuff, the organic. And by the way, the organic, the clean, the the natural, more fruits and vegetables and things that come from nature, close to the way nature made it. And then 15% could be a little indulge, indulgence here and there. And we all have our own, you know, choices. Uh, that's a good way to get started. The 85-15. So yeah. The majority of what you consume. Because,
0: yeah. Wonderful. It's an easy way to kind of keep yourself on track. So I want to thank Talia Segal-Fittler, Fitler, is a trained nutritionist and holistic, practicing holistic nutrition. And I am so happy to have had you with us. Thank you so much for your great advice.
2: Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: We're talking to Bobby Hassid, who is a wonderful doctor, uh, cardiologist, and specializing in not just stents, but now also people who have strokes and working through the brain. Can I ask you to give our listeners some tips on how do you prevent strokes?
3: Absolutely. So um, the good thing about um, being able to do both the heart and the brain, I get to see a lot of the uh, comorbidities or the problems somebody has with the heart could lead to problems with the brain. So, um, you know, having good cholesterol uh, management, having low cholesterol um, is very important, which will help with the brain as well. Um, Treating those arrhythmias, which are irregular heart rhythms, such as atrial fibrillation, is a very important factor. So one of the major causes of stroke are are patients who go into this atrial uh, arrhythmia, which is atrial fibrillation, which is the most common arrhythmia, which causes your heart rhythm to be irregular, which may cause a clot to form in the heart and could dislodge and go into the brain and cause a stroke. Um, Good blood pressure management is very important. Um, Keeping a low blood pressure, the lower the blood pressure, um, it is, the better you are long-term. Um, What's is... the blood
0: pressure someone should be going to? What are they looking for? What would you say is the right thing to aim for?
3: So you want it less than 120 over 70, but some people come to me and they're saying their blood pressure is 90 over 60. Is that okay? And it's, it's okay as long as you're asymptomatic, meaning if your blood pressure uh, is around 90 over 60 and you're fine, that's where you are and that's okay. Uh, what you don't want is it to be really high, which is above 120 over 70. Um, and the lower you keep it, um, the, the, the longer uh, livelihood or prognosis, bet, the better prognosis you have long term. So uh, a lot of the stuff that I do with the heart help prevent uh, what happens in the brain in the stroke.
0: So in those kinds of situations when you are working with uh, people through the brain, I'm fascinated how that seems to be the last frontier of great progress is brain surgery. How did you get trained to do that? And what do you, you know, what drew you to that? Uh,
3: That's uh, another great question. So um, where I work is at Lenox Hill hospital and uh, the departments that we work at, uh, I'm I'm in the cardiology department and a neurosurgical department. Uh, head by Dr. David Langer. He actually has a Netflix special uh, called Lennox Hill, and he's the doctor who, uh, who they follow. He's a very innovative guy. He sees the future. And we have been working together in the same area, um, in the procedure rooms. I do the heart, he does the brain. And he's got, a, also, he's got another physician. He's a, uh, he, he's a neurologist by training, but he learned how to do strokes and uh, do the technical part as well, Dr. Rafael Ortiz. So I used to see them all the time. They see me, and, and, um, and they see how we work. And uh, he sees where um, the technology is going, where there's more and more need for physicians to be doing this type of stroke. And because innately I was trained to do a heart attacks, which are cl- blood clots in the heart, he was able to see the future of training a cardiologist – who's also who's who's who is trained to get up in the middle of the night, who's good with his hands, who's able to get a clot out of the heart. He just extrapolated that and said, hey, what, what do you think about we train you and you could do the brain? And uh, it's a it, and it was something that I had to think about. And uh, because I, I finished my fellowship in 2011, so I'm nine years out. So going back and relearning a new specialty and and you know, it takes—it's—it's it's humbling. You have to put your ego aside and going and getting to learn, and 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 it's a whole new anatomy and whole different uh, uh, set of uh, procedures. But I decided, you know, I, it's something that's very interesting, and I was honored to do it. And they were, and they were great to teach me, and uh, and we were able to work together and and uh, and grow. And uh, it just shows how if two departments and two people able to work good together and are are, uh, collegial you could really make a difference
0: yeah well i do think that one of the problems in medicine is that there are so many specialists you know my husband was a nephrologist so that he only cared about the kidneys but what about the rest of the body and the same thing with you you know with the cardiology working through the brain it really gives you that more of the whole body knowledge right
3: yes correct you're right
0: And what about, you know, in terms of your future with this, is there lots of new knowledge coming out about the brain?
3: Um, Yes. So the technology for the past five years, the amount of technology that's gone into um, taking the clot out, retrieving the clot from the brain has really increased. Um, So the, the, the devices are becoming more and more easy to use, smaller um, so when I use, so when I go into the heart, about ninety five percent of the times I use the wrist. Um, I rarely use the leg artery, which is easier for me procedurally, but it's also a little bit more difficult for the patient. Uh, so I, I'm 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 known as an expert in using the arm. So what I'm trying to do is and uh, is to take that uh, skill set and do the brain stuff through the arm. And our my colleagues in the neurosurgical department and ne- neurology department are are very keen to learning that. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a cross collaboration. Uh, I'm learning the brain and, and I'm learning that very well. And they taught me and I'm teaching them how to do uh, the radial stuff. I had to do it through the wrist. And, and again, that takes the field to the next level. So uh, the interventional cardiology field has been going on for, since, um, you know, since the late seventies and, and, and we've been um, progressing and we've gotten to a point where we could do really complex stuff without doing open-heart surgery. And with the neuro uh, neurointerventional uh, world, it's a relatively new field uh, within the last 5 to 10 years. And, and they have a lot of ways to go, and they're going to go a lot of ways. And I'm happy to teach them the stuff that we've done and all the pitfalls we had in cardiology and transition that into their world and, 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 and hopefully um, make better outcomes for the patients.
0: So if you were to talk about... Using telemedicine, HIPAA video, during or after your procedures? Are there ways for you to be following up with your patients as well as beforehand, but after procedures?
3: Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, the, the easiest way for somebody who does procedures is seeing them after the procedure. You can use telemedicine that way. Or pre procedure, you know, sometimes they want to come in and they want to talk about uh, the procedure and they have questions. It's always nice to see face-to-face, have a face-to-face interaction, um, even though it's through uh, the telemedicine. Uh, we could go over the blood work. We could go over um, a, whatever they have in mind, which is a, a, a follow-up visits. Uh, you know, a lot of my patients, uh, once they have a stent, they're fine, and I have them follow up with their general cardiologist, but they still like to see me. Uh, once a year or twice a year. And you could see, you, can, you could just go over their blood work, their ultrasound of the heart results. Uh, a lot of stuff, you really don't need to be in the office or have a physical exam. A lot of stuff you do. For example, if you need a stress test or you need an ultrasound of the heart or neck or the brain, then obviously you can use telemedicine. But for the, for the most part, you really could, pre and post.
0: We've been talking with Dr. Bobby Hasid, who's done a special a kind of second career working with brain surgeons and to be able to tie the cardiology in with that. Uh, any advice for our uh, listeners on how to stay healthy beyond what we said before?
3: Um, I think the weather is nice. Um, get out, walk, social distancing of course, but get out and walk, uh, eat right, eat healthy, uh, have a primary care doctor, um, have a you know, cardiologist and, uh, If you need it, if you within that age bracket or comorbidities and just be on top of your own health. You know, nobody cares more about you, but than you. So you be the best advocate for yourself.
0: Well, I think that's a great way to end our interview. And I thank you so much, Dr. Bobby Hasid, who is working out of Lenox Hill Hospital with great new programs to stay healthy and to have a great intervention for keeping people whole. So thank you so much for being with us today.
3: My pleasure. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure.
0: Geraldo, have you been using telemedicine yourself?
1: You know, that's interesting, Vicky, because with the pandemic uh telemedicine is now becoming all the rage here in Cleveland with the Cleveland Clinic and University Hospitals uh, you know two great medical institutions they've all gone to telemedicine for a lot of different reasons uh you know it gets the word out it's so much less expensive so much wear uh less wear and tear on the patient and the doctors so it's cost effective it's really a great way to get uh, a doctor and a and a patient speaking with one another in intimate circumstances of privacy, uh, good advice without the wear and tear of a personal visit. So uh, I think telemedicine's all the rage.
0: Well, I know that you have been used to traveling the globe. Um, what are you doing now that the world has all slowed down?
1: You know, the world certainly has shrunk, my world and your world and everyone's world. We don't travel much. We live in Cleveland, Ohio. I have my television studio here in my home, uh, so I do my Fox News uh, appearances from here, and then we do the radio show also from home. Erica and I, uh, Erica, my wife, and I uh, co-host the radio show together. Uh, you know, we're having a lot of fun doing it. We don't agree on very much, but uh, we agree that we love each other
0: well listen that's what makes for good television that makes for good radio that makes for good journalism If we all taught the same thing life would not be very interesting and i know you keep life interesting thank you so much for being with me i'm so grateful and you know thank you for sharing your input knowledge this is victoria schnipps straight talk health and wellness and thank you for tuning in We've been brought to you by hippavideo.net. Get more information by going to their website. Our podcast can be heard on schnepsbroadcasting.com and wherever podcasts are heard. Vicki Schnepp signing off. Bye now.